0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Haller. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Psalms chapter 145, and we'll read verse 9, and then we'll jump down to verses 14 through 20. I've titled this message today, For Goodness' Sake. For Goodness' Sake. In verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to all. all. Does that mean you? Are you in that? If it's all, it's all, right? The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Praise God. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to do what only you can do by your power, your might, because you are God, that you would grant To every hearer, right now, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. The eyes of their understanding, may they be enlightened. And may they realize and embrace the hope of their calling. Lord, we thank you for that mighty, great work that you did when you raised up the Lord Jesus from the dead. And Father, I thank you because he lives, we live we are crucified with him, and now we walk by faith in him. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That mystery that has now been revealed to the world. God at once was among us, but now he dwells in us, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now let's look at verse 14. So I've titled this for goodness sake is because God has a reputation to uphold. You know this, he has a reputation to uphold and and his reputation is good, is that he is good. As David said in another Psalm, you are good and you do good always. All right, Uh, how God anointed, over in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we know all things work together for what? Good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Well, the reason we know that all things work together for good is because of what's said in verse 28 of of Romans chapter 8. It says that the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. He makes intercession for the saints, listen, according to the will of God. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit... Makes intercession for us according to the will of God. I mean, what else is he gonna pray, right? He is God <laughs> praying the will of God. If anybody knows the will of God, it's the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to pray in the Spirit. That's why you need to pray so that because with when you pray in the Spirit, your spirit prays, the Bible says, but your understanding is unfruitful. And so what you're doing is when you pray in the spirit, the Bible says that he who speaks in a tongue speaks mysteries or the secrets of God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. But in this intercession of the Spirit, it says that he makes intercession for us according to the will of God. And as a result of that, we know that all things work together for good. So what do we, how do we connect all this together? The will of God is good. <laughs> That's it. The will of God for you is good. So the Lord is good. And so for his goodness sake, we see some things that he does for goodness sake. And in verse 14, it says, the Lord upholds all who fall. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad Eric Holler's in that verse. I'm glad he said all. Huh? The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. I want you to understand. Notice the emphasis in this passage of Scripture is the word all. Okay? The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. Verse 16, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Wow. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy so I, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about what the Lord does and will always do for us. And it, I'll, I'll be a little briefer than normal because we're having communion today. Praise God. We're going to per- partake of the Lord's Supper uh, right after this message. So uh, stay with me. And uh, I believe the Lord's got some really good things to sow into your heart. The, the word is a seed. All right, this word is a seed, so if you'll open up your heart to receive that seed, then that seed will produce not only what you would like to see, but it's what God wants to see in your life. Amen, and he has come truly to bless you. Praise God. I want to talk to you about this, what he does and what he will do, because simply because he's good, and He's good to all. That's what it says. So that includes everybody in this room. So because God is good, or for the sake of this message, for goodness sake, the Lord supports, let's all say that, the Lord straightens, (laughs) the Lord supplies, the Lord saves, and the Lord secures. All right, let's look at verse 14. The Lord upholds all who fall. This word fall has a few definitions to it, but there was something that that uh, stuck out to me as I was reading uh, the the Hebrew definition, and it was to fall short or to fail. Now think about this. He upholds those who fall short or those who fail. See, when I was growing up as a kid, uh, there was this kind of message that was brought out quite a bit that when you fail, the Holy Spirit flew the coop. He got out of there. Like you just, you just ushered away, you just pushed away the presence of God. I, you know, after years of studying the word, I realized that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. He is a very present help. And this says that when trouble comes, if you should fall, he's there to uphold you. Now, don't mistake upholding no mistake, upholding with him, thinking that's okay that you fall. Hmm? That this is some compromise on his. But no, 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 no. See, your reality is, as a believer is, if you believe on the Lord Jesus, then you have now. You are now in this state with God, which only He could do and only He could accomplish, where you are seen now as holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. That's what the Bible says. This is how God sees you. God sees the world as a reconciled world. I wish preachers preachers would see it as God sees it. (laughs) They're always preaching, sin, sin, sin. Hey, Jesus took away the sins of the world. Why aren't we talking about Jesus? Why aren't we talking about what Jesus' blood did for us, what the grace of God has done? Amen. We got enough trouble in this world that we need to be focused on it. We need to be looking at for some good news. And you know what? There actually is good news. This gospel is the best news anybody could hear. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. Woo, what good news is that? Well, it's good news because he died for your sins so that you don't have to die from your sins. Yeah. Amen. I mean, he pronounced the judgment, the wages of sin is death, and then he himself carried out the sentence. Yeah. mm Of his own judgment, so that we can come into a relationship with God that's greater than just him being master and us being a slave. He brought us into father-son relationship. Let me tell you something. Being a disciple is good, but being a son is better. (laughs) Amen. Being a son is better. But we have to, you know, that's why when when you read scriptures like Hebrews chapter 4, Verse 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, that used to bother me uh, years ago because I just thought, that's not humility. You don't come boldly whenever you got sin in your life. (laughs) But that's exactly when you come boldly. That's exactly, you have to push past what you think about it. You have to push past your own feelings of, of remorse and guilt and, and, and stop thinking on your terms. You have to meet him on his terms. Yeah. huh? Yeah. And he says, come boldly. These are my terms, and I will not. I will not accept anything else. You don't get to come groveling. You don't get to come begging. You're my child. Yeah, yeah. I'm your father. Come boldly, because everything that I have is yours. Thank you. Ooh. See, I'm going to tell you something. This is, what, this is what's incredible to me. is This is what will empower you to actually overcome. When you accept the, the beauty of this relationship with, with God, you want to please him. He's your father. It's not, oh, I can just go do uh, anything I want. No, no, no. Listen, let me say this. And I've preached this to you before. But I do wish that the people of God would do what they want instead of living by the flesh. I wish they would do what they want instead of living by the flesh. Because you're want to, Paul said, I delight in the word of God according to the inward man. Huh? But the reason people aren't doing what they want is because they think that this is them instead of this. I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in this body. This body is just housing who I really am. See, because if you, as a born-again believer, you are connected to God. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with God, which means everything about your spirit is perfectly in harmony with God Almighty. Every desire of the spirit is right. The thing that's hindering that is the flesh and its own appetites. So if the church of the living God could be free to do what it wants, what a world we would live in. But unfortunately... We have the message backwards. I don't mean you can go do whatever you want because we regard one another according to the flesh instead of the spirit. And that's why the church is in such an identity crisis because they don't know who they are. My God. Awaken to righteousness and sin not. You know what that's saying? Awaken to who you are. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? Yes, you are because he became sin. Since he became sin, you became righteousness. You need to awaken to that. So that you can live a life that is not dominated by sin, but victorious. Because grace is reigning over your life, not not the law. Amen. Okay, is that all right? So, but the Lord upholds us. He upholds us. He's there. He's there. And I appreciate God for that. You know, it's the goodness of the Lord, the Bible says, that leads you to repentance. It's the goodness of God. That leads us. I mean, come on. We. I think all of us have probably experienced this in some way or another. You know, maybe you've been acting like a knucklehead. You've got a funky attitude, and all of a sudden something good happens to you. And you know that it wasn't because you were behaving well that that happened. That's just because the Lord was being good to you. And man, I'm telling you what. Any time that's happened to me, I go, Oh God, I repent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because He's good no matter what. Your behavior is not going to change whether he's good or not. Amen. He's good because he's good. Yeah. Hallelujah. But you know what? Our behavior changes because he's good. Yeah. <laughs> it leads right. us. The goodness of God leads us to change our minds. Amen. So, so before you have a chance to beat yourself up over any failures or faults, because we're just not all that good at it. We usually like to condemn ourselves and criticize ourselves. And we're so hard on, or maybe even other people. But Listen. Shine all that stuff. Just go to the throne of grace. Listen to me. The old time uh, used to say, take it to the cross. I say, no, 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 no. Take it to the throne. Jesus took it to the cross, so I get to take it to the throne. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Boldness. Okay, and then look at verse 14, the second part. And raise it. So not only does he uphold us or the Lord supports us, but now we see the second thing, the second promise is and raises up all who are bowed down. Did the song just hit your head? You raise... No, I don't want to say I hate that song now. All right. (laughs) At every graduation. Let me guess what they're going to sing here. Now, back in the 80s, it was Wind Beneath My Wings. Y'all remember that? You are the wind beneath my... All right. Fly... Okay, I got to stop. Bow down. Now, this says, raises up all who are bowed down. The word... Uh, bow down means to curve like this. Those who are bent. Oh, why are they like this? Because they're carrying burdens. They're weighed down. They're bowed down. Life has gotten very heavy. And here is where we see not only is the Lord our support when or if we should fail, but he lifts us from our bowed down position, straightens us out to stand again. As a matter of fact, remember when he told... Mary, I am the resurrection. No, Martha. Mary, Martha, one of those. Because Lazarus was dead. Both of them came running out to him. And I can't remember who he was telling this to. But it's John chapter 11. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The word resurrection literally means the standing up and recovering again. Woo! I am your standing up and your recovery again. Mm-mm-mm. You need to accept that right now. I want you to say that Jesus is my standing up and my recovery again. Jesus is my standing up and my recovery again. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see that he is able to do this. So Jesus straightens the curve. Amen. Listen, let's look over at Luke 13 for just a moment in verse 10, and we'll see this literally happen before uh in this story before people in the synagogue. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Now, I want you to, can we go back there for just a moment? I want you to make that personal. Maybe right now you're bound by something huh something's got it, uh, you've got a you're carrying a weight a heavy burden i want you right now to receive these words and just declare jesus has loosed me yeah. from this right. hallelujah thank you lord all right next verse 13 it says and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified god But the ruler of the synagogue, don't you love the religious people? They just can't stand freedom. They just can't stand joy and happiness and life. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men are to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. (laughs) Then the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, this, I love that he says those words, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. you darn right they were. And all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by See, everything that Jesus did, it seems like it always produced joy, rejoicing. Nobody had heard words like this. Where, where does he get this wisdom? Hmm? Because through Moses came the law, but through Jesus Christ came grace and truth. Right. Can I just remind you today, grace and truth are on the same side. Yeah. Right. I'm saying that because I hear my religious friends we are preaching the gospel. I love them out there saying, I'm not just going to preach good stuff. I'm not going to preach this good, feel good stuff. I'm going to tell you the truth. But the truth will make you free. Wouldn't that make you feel good? <laughs> Amen. This is good news. That's what the gospel's called. How's the good news supposed to make you feel? Hello, what's wrong with feeling good? I never understood that. I'm not going to preach a feel good message. Well, I'm out of here then because you're probably not preaching the gospel amen all right Jesus makes this invitation to all of us in Matthew chapter 11 come unto me come unto me all you who are weary and weighed down with heavy burdens and I will give you rest what he's saying is let's make an exchange you bring me your burden you bring me your weariness just come to me and I will exchange that for rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Thanks. Isn't this amazing? Even Alex, Alex was saying earlier, it's, this really is easy to have a relationship with the Lord if we'll just meet him on his terms. Yeah. But because of that knowledge of the tree of good and evil, it's goofed up our thinking. It's made us really dumb, really religious. All kind of that stuff, hoops that we got to jump through, and things we got to do, and systems, and all these man-made mechanisms for having a relationship with God. When He said, "Just come to Me," Amen, Amen. He loves you so much today, Amen. and in that He straightens you. Hmm takes off that burden so you can stand in the strength and the power of Almighty God. All right, let's look at verse 15. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Does that include you? Are you a living thing? Do this. (sighs) Yeah, you're alive. All right, amen. So this includes you. Amen. Notice that this is twofold. We see that the Lord supplies them two two ways. Our needs... That is food. We all need food, don't we? Right? You gotta have food, you gotta have something to drink so the Lord supplies our needs, but He doesn't just limit Himself to that. The next verse says that He fulfills our desires. Oh, hallelujah. That is good. He fulfills our desires or our wants. My God, Paul says, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, Heather and I have witnessed this over and over again. And I'm sure many of you, if you've been a Christian for a day and a half, you've probably experienced this. That whatever need that the Lord supplied for you, it was always more than actually what was needed, the supply. Because he is the God who does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Amen. According to the power that works in us. I mean, it's always more. He is a faithful and he is a generous heavenly father. He gives extravagantly. Didn't he prove that when he gave us Jesus? Yes. In giving Jesus, he gave us everything. And how shall he, Romans eight thirty two says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Amen. You get Jesus, you get it all. Hallelujah. I love that. He meets our needs. And, he, and, he, and so he's intrinsically involved because the word says that he, our heavenly father knows what we need before we even ask. Yeah. So his eyes are on you. His eyes are on you and he wants to help. The Lord supplies, but also our wants. I was, I, I was telling the, the early service this story I came across on, on the front porch of a store in Illinois. Years ago, a businessman is standing out front with his partner, and they realize, I mean, it's, the business has gone to nothing. I mean, they've, they're in a rough situation, and so the partner said, how, how long can we keep this up? And the owner says, I reckon we're about done here. He said, you know what I'd like to do? I, you know what I want to do? I want to be a lawyer. He said, you know, if I had it my way, I would sell everything that we have pay off all of our bills, and and have enough left over for just one book. There's this one book I have my eyes on. It's Blackstone's Commentary on English Law. But I guess I can't. And at that moment, as they're having this conversation, this strange-looking wagon approaches coming down the street, and the the driver of this wagon pulls over right up next to the store porch, and he stops, and he looks at uh, these two gentlemen, and he says, I'm trying to get my family out west and I've run out of money, and um, I have this really nice barrel that I'll sell for 50 cents if you'd be willing to do that. The businessman looks up at the man's wife, and she is looking at him pleadingly, so he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out what he said was his last 50 cents, and he says, well, I could always use a good barrel, so he takes the barrel, they go on their way, and he sets it there on the porch. For the rest of the day, it's there, and his partner keeps chiding him about doing this and, uh, and, and spending the last bit of his money on it. Well, toward the end of the day, they close up, and the businessman walks out, and there's that barrel, and he notices something inside there that catches his eye, and it's some papers. So he reaches his long arms down in there, and he feels something solid under those papers, and he picks it up, and it's a book. And lo and behold, it's Blackstone's commentary on English law. That businessman was Abraham Lincoln. Your God supplies the fulfillment or the satisfaction of your desire. You know, I think that we, many times we're living way below what we could be living because we're not simply asking. We're just simply not asking. You know, Jesus said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And, you know, it's interesting what we tend to do is we, we tend to start reasoning why that's not true for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, how do I know that this desire lines up with God? And I have to know that it's got to it's be the will of God. And, I, and we just start bah, 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 just reasoning ourselves right out of faith, just right out of simply belief. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't go, now, obviously, I don't mean everything, guys. He didn't do that kind of stuff. We do that. We just reason all around it instead of just believe it. Whatever things you desire, this is the, think about the invitation he's just given us, my family. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it. I love the simplicity of that. I love the freedom of that. It sounds like this is a real good relationship we're having here with God. For goodness sake, he supplies our needs and our desires. The Lord is near, verse 18, to All who call upon him. I like the way Romans says it. For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Aren't you glad to know the Lord saves? Hmm? I'm so glad to know that today. It means to defend. He's here to rescue, to deliver, to free, to give victory. You know, victory is a gift to you from him. You can't earn it. He earned it for you. It's a gift. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory Amen. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. we finished finish with this story. There was a man years and years ago. He was in a terrible collision with a cement truck. And he had a little bitty car. And somehow in this collision, that cement truck had, was on top of his car by the end of that wreck. When the emergency crew showed up, they just knew that that was fatality because of how flat the car was but they had to get this crane to get the to pull the cement truck off of it and that took a long time to get that off and then they had to get the jaws of life which they didn't realize they were going to need so expediently but one noticed when the truck came off that there was an arm sticking out of that crushed metal and attached to that arm was a man who was screaming He was alive. They couldn't believe it. The man's name was George Seguenza. And George said, Get me out of here. So they got the jaws of life and began to cut away that metal. And eventually they finally pulled him out of there where he basically walked away from this accident with just a few scratches and bruises. It was amazing. They all stood there in amazement, couldn't believe. There's, you're not supposed to live through that. And there was nothing recognizable about this car. It was described as a, like a gum raptor after you've sat on it, except the, the rear bumper. The rear bumper was still intact, and there was just a bumper sticker on it one bumper sticker that simply read, Jesus saves. Yeah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Yeah. Oh. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah. Amen. He is your Savior. If he can save you from the worst possible thing, which is eternal separation from God, that really is the world's worst trouble. A lot of people don't even realize that. They think they got problems. No, listen. Your worst problem is your your spirit. And you you have to come to him and put your faith in him and be born all over again. Because you're born a sinner and that, that, that fact, that condition, puts you on a path to eternal separation from God. But God has provided a way. Amen. One man did that because of his disobedience. Put you right on that path. You're born right into it. So God sent the last Adam, hallelujah, so that you could be born again. And by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, come into a forever beautiful relationship with Almighty God as your Father and everlasting life to boot. If he can fix that issue, my family, there's no problem he will not deliver you out of. All right? He fixed the worst of the worst. Amen. Is there anything too hard for our God? Nothing is too difficult. The Lord saves. And then lastly, the Lord secures. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Paul said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how that happens. Notice how it happens. It says the God of peace himself is doing the sanctifying. That makes me want to rest in him. That's the only right response. It's the only proper response is to rest in him and let him do the work because he who began it will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you now for your word. Lord, I thank you that it will do what it does in Jesus name. You are faithful to us. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You're good through and through every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down. From the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation. It means you are good and you're never gonna change. And we thank you for that beautiful gospel that has come to our ears. When we heard it and believed it, Lord, a miracle happened a new birth, a miraculous experience of becoming a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for our sins. Thank you that you were buried thank you mostly that you rose again from the dead and because of what you've done you have opened up to us a new and living way where we believe your message and we walk by faith every day a life that pleases God Thank you, Father, for those that are here today who have needs. I thank you, Lord, that you supply. I thank you that you save. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name that you you hold up those who have fallen. You support. You straighten out those who are burdened today, Lord. And that you, Lord, secure those who have been insecure. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, I wanna bless you and then Alex is gonna come lead us in the Lord's Supper. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house. In Jesus' mighty name and give you peace. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.